the Winnipeg Foundation invited Winnipeggers to share their visions for Winnipeg's next 100 years and the potential role philanthropy might play. This is our next 100. Today we'll hear from Dr. Roland Sawatsky, Curator of History at the Manitoba Museum. Any vision of the future is also based on the conditions of the present and is a response to our current challenges. Today's dominant themes, social justice as reflected in Truth and Reconciliation and Black Lives Matter, environmental crises, and the city's uneven distribution of wealth all impact our hopes for the future. Telling history will be an important part of this process. Roland Sawatsky has a PhD in archaeology from Simon Fraser University and joined the Manitoba Museum in 2011. He conducts research and develops exhibits related to the settlement and modern periods in Manitoba, including the history of Winnipeg. Here is Dr. Roland Sawatsky. Any view of a distant future for Winnipeg must start in the past. As a museum curator, I'm always thinking about history and how to make it relevant and engaging for our visitors. Winnipeg's history is like any city's history. It's a constant interplay between the needs and desires of its citizens and the structures of power, whether they be physical or political or economic. Winnipeg's particular history revolves around structures first entrenched in the 1870s. This includes the unity of capitalist economy and political power usually in the guise of men who were both business leaders and political leaders. Embedded into this structure were the racisms and discriminations of the day, part of an overarching British colonialism, which continues to reverberate in our city. Any vision of the future is also based on the conditions of the present and is a response to our current challenges. Today's dominant themes, social justice as reflected in truth and reconciliation and Black Lives Matter, environmental crises, and the city's uneven distribution of wealth all impact our hopes for the future. Telling history will be an important part of this process. Winnipeg's early history was dominated by raw and often destructive capitalism, but together we are building and continue to build a different economy for our future. It can emphasize small businesses where people work for their own and their community's interests rather than the profit interests of a corporation. The class system, which sees the middle class as the driver of all that is good and useful, can be replaced by a more humane and holistic structure, fueled by universal basic income. Perhaps after our current pandemic experience, this may no longer seem like a utopian dream. Like all cities, Winnipeg was forever changed by automobiles and the infrastructure that was built to feed them. Streets should be built for people instead, with an infrastructure embedded in nature rather than paving over it. As habitually bipedal humans, we should fight for the right to be able to walk wherever we need to go. Empowering local businesses and building nature-centered routes will benefit everyone, including the suburbs. Our switch to renewable energies, already underway, can help drive this change. Finally, Winnipeg has evolved immensely over the last 100 years in telling its own story. From a colonial city that once emphasized only one cultural path, we now work to include, if imperfectly, indigenous histories and different cultural backgrounds. 
Winnipeg can become a better global city by returning to our Red River roots. Indigenous knowledge, care, and culture are a positive heritage from which all Winnipeggers, present and future, can benefit. We can work to continue to open those doors together. This is part of the work of truth and reconciliation. At the same time, new peoples that join us in the city will have their stories celebrated. In 100 years, this will be a baseline for how we approach telling our collective history. We know museums and galleries will be different in the future, perhaps smaller and more diversified, and certainly with different methods of engagement. And I hope that they will be more connected in a way that ensures stories are constantly revised and celebrated and never forgotten or ignored. My name is Roland Sawatsky, and that is my vision for Winnipeg's next 100 years. Thanks, Roland. What role do you see museums playing in working towards building a city that's inclusive of different cultures and experiences? Well, I think that museums have always tried to be inclusive of different cultures and experiences. Uh, and they've had different, different levels of success over time. Sometimes they don't, haven't done it so great, and sometimes they've done it really well. But um, this, is a, this is a different time right now. It's, it's a time, certainly the last year, but even the previous five to ten years, um, there have been real questions of what the power structures of society are and how um, different people groups fit into those power structures or if they have in the past at all. And so, um, and I'm thinking of Black Lives Matter and, and truth and reconciliation. These are, these are major issues right now for a country and that's the way it should be. And, and the public is engaged, which is I think the big difference. Um, and so I think that museums now have to look again at how they've been uh, discussing culture, how they've been portraying culture, who they've been working with, um, how do they get their funding? All these questions are, are really big, and, and I think museums across Canada uh, are looking carefully at it. I think the main way to be inclusive is to build relationships between uh, museum staff and different cultural groups. Um, and, you know, build trust over time and know and, and for the museum to be open to uh, diverse voices as well and different methods of telling their stories. Uh, so community or exhibits are something that our museum has been doing for decades uh, and we want to continue that kind of work, but reach out even more to different groups, new groups. Uh, and I think other museums are, are going in that direction as well. Um, a lot of it is about, you know, in in any institution, any museum setting, there are there's going to be a structure, right? A power structure of some sort, a hierarchy, um, a functional hierarchy, <laughs> one hopes. Um, and, uh, you know, including different voices in different community groups means questioning those structures. And in fact, um, letting go of some of the traditional power that certain, you know, jobs or, or departments have and opening up um, and then collaborating and real collaboration uh, means uh, listening and giving over uh, the, um, the ability to tell a story to uh, somebody else. 
so I think that's that's what it means right now, and it'll continue to evolve. But uh, but really, engagement and and trust building is is I think key to going forward. And as you mentioned in your essay, most Winnipeg streets are designed with cars at the top of mind. So how do you think a walkable city intertwined with nature could influence some of the current challenges we face? A, a most obvious correlation would be with the, the climate crisis, but you also mentioned challenges like social justice and uneven distribution of wealth. Do you think something like that would have an influence on those challenges as well? I think so. Uh, I'm not a city planner, so this is sort of outside my uh, wheelhouse, but uh, I think that, you know, I've traveled around the world to many different countries, and I think, you know, seeing people walk around and having a neighborhood that's full of walkers and strollers and wheelchairs and bicycles, uh, it's good for everybody because uh, that helps build local businesses. And local businesses are very different from giant businesses, right? They sustain families. They sustain individual entrepreneurs. Uh, they sustain people from all walks of life through work and through interaction. Um, in a walking city, you have shops and grocery stores every block, every two blocks. You have markets that pop up every two days. Um, and this makes a, a city safer. It makes it more equitable. Um, you know, when where people are most, I think, at uh, are most leveled out is when they're all walking in the same place. You know, you see a field full of people at the folk festival or something. You know, it's very obvious we're all from the same family, right? <laughs> and I think that um, getting people, uh, you know, walking together all the time is a really big part of a of civil society. I think transportation in Canada divides people. Um, those who drive. Uh, to work, especially versus those who take the bus or in other cities, the subway um, versus those who who cycle. And so there are these divisions, you know, and um, and I think walking helps flatten those divisions quite a bit. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the climate crisis as well, and, and you're right, this is a fairly obvious one. I, I, one thing that has to go along with any sort of serious walking routes throughout the city are trees, right? And that's good for everybody. Uh, it's good for people who are walking, as you know, when you're in a park and it's a hot day, uh, but it's also uh, great for the environment and for city planning over the long term because trees have to be taken care of. Um, and so a lot of planning has to go into things like that. And, you know, you see some movement towards that here and there, but I think in Winnipeg that's been really lacking. Uh, you see movement towards, um, you know, bicycle paths, which has been great. I'm a biker myself, but um, you don't see a lot of investment in you know linking places by walking paths and you know i grew up in the suburbs and i saw lots of places where there were no sidewalks and so me and my friends were walking on the street that's not it's not right <laughs> it should be the other way around perfect well thank you so much roland for sharing your vision with us today you're welcome Our Next 100 is a series of essays envisioning Winnipeg's next 100 years, contributed by Winnipeggers and curated by the Winnipeg Foundation. If you would like to read more essays from Our Next 100, or listen to this episode again as a podcast, please visit wpgfdn.org next 100. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you.